Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Earlier this week, criminal barristers in England and Wales voted to go on an all-out indefinite, uninterrupted strike. This was a decisive result. 80% of criminal barristers voted in favour of escalating the industrial action. With the wigs and the placards, they were among the more surprising of picket lines. The latest strikes to strangle backlog Britain is barristers who will walk out of courts indefinitely next month in a dispute over pay. If the strike goes ahead, today, Friday the 30th of August, will be their last working day for the foreseeable future. So why are barristers choosing to strike? This picture of the fat cat barristers is it's very frustrating because you encounter that a lot, these stereotypes, and it, it's just really not the reality. You know, you kind of want to shake people and say, no, this isn't how it is. You know, you should see what I get paid. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, justice on hold, the barristers' strike. I'm Jonathan Ames. I'm the legal editor at The Times newspaper. Jonathan, what's it like on a strike day, what's it like being around Crown Court's sort of places you normally spend your life? I think the thing that will strike people, as it were, when they go in on strike days is that there aren't any barristers there. When you normally walk through the Crown Courts in England and Wales, they are heaving with lawyers. Courtrooms themselves are very solemn places, but very busy places. So now they will be, if not tumbleweed blowing through them, they're certainly going to be a lot quieter. Is it odd when you walk around, do you get a sense that a place that's normally pulsating, suddenly things are a bit emptier? Absolutely. Very odd for the judges, very odd for the court staff. There have been either strikes or threats of strikes by the criminal bar for the last 15, 20 years, but it's never been this comprehensive, this serious. Thousands of people around the country are being affected by this strike. I mean, just give us an example of the sort of person who will be feeling the effects of it. The effects will be felt by a range of people across the board. Obviously, defendants, 
Already the courts have been afflicted by delays, and this is only making matters worse. So defendants, many of whom will be found not guilty, and many of whom are remanded to custody, so will be remaining in jail waiting for their trials to begin. They are obviously affected, but then so too are, very importantly, the victims of crime, many of whom have been traumatized badly by what's happened to them, and who want to get on with their case coming to court so they can see justice being done. Also, witnesses. There are many witnesses involved who are required to come to court to give evidence, and they too will be in a sort of holding pattern while these cases are um, are adjourned for the most part. There was a recent case in which a conservative activist whose son was allegedly murdered, and she recently said that she was distraught because the barrister's strike meant that the, the trial of the, uh, the alleged killers was adjourned, and that will be happening in a, a range of, of, of Offenses. We've heard of several murders, several sexual offence cases that have been adjourned. And the danger, I think, that arises from the strike, especially relates to sexual offence cases, because these are arguably some of the most sensitive criminal offence cases that come to the courts. And the issue is that the more delay there is in bringing a rape or sexual offence case to trial, the higher the likelihood that the alleged victim and the witnesses will become frustrated and drop out. So there is a chance that because of the barrister strike, some serious offences will not just be adjourned, but the cases will effectively collapse. So the strike will be difficult for the victims of crime, for people who've been accused of crime, for witnesses who are waiting to take part in trials, and I suppose also for the taxpayer, because aside from all the ethical implications of keeping people in custody awaiting a trial, there's also a cost attached to it. Yes, that's right. Part of the problem with the delays is that custody time limits are increasingly being breached. Custody time limits refer to the amount of time that a suspect can be held in jail pending a trial. The legal time limit is currently six months. The problem is that the barrister strike will increase the backlog of cases in the Crown Court, and therefore the government is understood to be looking at extending the custody time limit again. The issue is, though, that that has an impact on the taxpayer because it's it's expensive to keep people in jail. An extension by six months is estimated to cost about £22,000 per prisoner. Just remind us, you know, for, for the, sort of, the sort of trials that this will affect... All the serious criminal offences in England and Wales are being affected by this, or will be affected, or have been affected, because the barristers have been on strike in various forms for the last two months. But it will become a lot worse from the 5th of September. So just to put that in perspective, the Crown Courts hear serious criminal offences. And that ranges from burglary, robbery, mugging, street muggings, to assault cases, to serious motoring offences, so death by dangerous driving, for example, to obviously serious assaults, sexual offences, rapes, and then murders. And Jonathan, these strikes have come about because of cuts over more than a decade to legal aid, to the amount that lawyers are paid for legal aid. And free legal aid is, I mean, it's a crucial part of our justice system, isn't it? Could you just talk us through that? 
Legal aid has been in place in the United Kingdom since the Labour government in the post-war era, which was brought in with the National Health Service. Indeed, the Labour government at the time envisaged a national legal service, and at one stage, the vast majority of the public were eligible for legal aid. Civil legal aid has been significantly reduced. If there's no access to justice, justice is meaningless. Civil legal aid, gone. Mm. If you've got a family issue, you might be abused by your spouse. Forget about it. No lawyer for you unless you've got money. Unless you are the ultra-privileged, forget about it. Kid with special education needs, you've got to... Criminal legal aid is still pretty much in place for most people who are accused of a serious offence and who will be tried in the Crown Court. The idea is that the state, in the form of the Crown Prosecution Service in England and Wales, will throw what it can at a, at a prosecution, quite rightly, in a bid to uh, get justice for the victims. The Crown Prosecution Services are able to instruct very experienced QCs or, QCs or very experienced junior barristers. So the principle is that the defendant should have equality of arms. It's a basic principle of fairness, and therefore the legal aid should pay for an equally competent and experienced lawyer for the defence. And for a lot of people who hear about this barrister's strike, they'll have seen barristers on film, on TV, and they'll have a particular image of what a barrister is, and they're probably not the most likely contenders for people to be on strike. So just talk us through who this group are. Well, indeed, who would ever have thought that Rumpole would go on strike? Horace Rumpole. Everyone knows me down the belly. An amiable eccentric who spills cigar ash on his waistcoat. As far as I am concerned, you are a member of an honourable profession and you do it very well. In those days, it would almost have been unheard of for Rumpel and his ilk to stand on a picket line. But the profession and the legal profession and criminal justice has, in a way, changed significantly over the last 20, 30 years. Successive governments have cut away at both sides of legal aid, criminal and civil, starting with the Labour government under the Lord Chancellor Derry Irvin some 20 years ago now. Now, the argument is that the rates are so low and the expenses so high that many junior barristers are effectively earning less than the minimum wage. Many barristers say they're having to look elsewhere for higher paying private and civil cases, leaving the criminal justice system just when it needs them the most. An average barrister of up to three years call, and that means the very early part of their career, in the criminal field will earn no more than £12,500, £13,000 a year. Obviously, at the higher end, very experienced QCs can earn 100000 plus. But the issue is, will the next generation of barristers stay the course? And what does that mean for the future of the criminal bar? And some of the junior barristers who've been campaigning for these strikes, I mean, they say they would be earning more now if they were working as baristas in cafes than as barristers within the criminal justice system. I mean, why is that? Just talk us through the expenses and the costs. Junior barristers have a a strong point because legal aid fees have been cut back significantly over the last decade. And their fees for run-of-the-mill cases in the Crown Courts, the early stages of Crown Court cases, are very low. For example, 
a bail application, the fee would be just £91, or a plea and trial preparation hearing, £126 a day, sentencing hearings, £125 a day, and pre-trial review hearings are about £100 a day. From those fees, the barrister would have to do some prep, several hours at least, and then possibly have to travel to court, in other words, travel by rail, and pay the rail fare out of that fee. In addition, they have to pay their chambers overheads expenses. So barristers are all self-employed. They collect in chambers to share expenses, mostly admin expenses and clerking expenses. So each barrister has to pay from their income a proportion of that income to the chambers. So it's easy to see how a fee of £91 for a bail application can be significantly reduced by overheads. So what sort of increase are the, go- are the barristers asking for and what's the government saying about it? The government has legislated to award the barristers a 15% pay increase. And the ministers have made a lot of hay over this because they say, look, nobody else, certainly in, in public service, is getting anywhere near that level pay rise. But what the barristers say is, hang on a minute, we have effectively had a 28% real terms pay cut over the last decade because um, fees have not gone up and not, have not kept up with inflation at all. They say they want a minimum 25% increase, but they point out also that a problem with the government's 15% figure is that it won't be applicable to the cases in the Crown Court backlog. The barristers say, look, the government, they are effectively asking us to clear that backlog on the cheaper rates. In addition, the 15% only applies to new cases, and the barristers will only be paid for those new cases at the completion of the cases. So therefore, they won't see this new money for some time. Wow. I mean, that could be years. Indeed, which is very much their point. Coming up, we'll hear from one of the barristers going on strike. That's after... A quick word from a colleague. I'm Kat Lay, health editor at The Times. Our health coverage spans everything from how the way we live can raise or lower our risk of diseases, to advances in medical treatment, to the problems facing the NHS and their potential solutions. We can only do this thanks to the subscribers of The Times and Sunday Times. Subscribe today by visiting thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. My name is Emma Fielding. I am a pupil barrister with Foundry Chambers. That means that I am training at the moment and I'm coming to the end of that at the end of September. So I'm currently very much at the coalface of the criminal bar and looking forward hopefully to, to a long career at the criminal bar if these issues that we have at the moment c- can be resolved. And Emma, just describe for us, you know, in ordinary life, I mean, what is a normal working day for you like? So the work for a typical day will start the day before in terms of reading the papers, understanding what the case is about. My day will start very early often, involve a fair amount of travel to get to court. I'm based in the Bedfordshire area, but I can be sent to courts all across London, Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire, Thames Valley area. So sometimes it can involve quite a long commute. A fee for a standard mention hearing in the Crown Court is £90. Out of that £90, you will pay tax on that. You will pay a fee to Chambers and Getting to court can often be well in excess of that £90. So often you're essentially working at a loss or at least it's biting very much into any profit that you would otherwise receive. Wow. So, I mean, at the end of a day like that, how much would you expect to be left with? Sometimes very little. It might be something like £30 or £40 uh, for a full day's work. And that not only includes the actual court hearing itself, it also includes all the preparation. So reading the papers, understanding the case, doing any legal research that you need to do. It also involves if you're defending, then you're having conferences with your client, sometimes with family members. You're discussing the case with the solicitor. You're speaking to your clerks, perhaps. Uh, You have to write up an attendance note detailing everything that happened in court. So that can often be a a very full day's work and potentially an evening or afternoon's work as well the day before. So when all that is taken into account, your hourly rate might be something like £5 an hour. And if this does go on indefinitely, I mean, does the work start to dry up? Because ultimately, I suppose you are self-employed. How does this play out? Well, yes, absolutely. That That is the big concern. For me at my level, as well as getting the experience in the magistrate's court, I'd hope to start to work towards a Crown Court cases. Uh, for example, pick up smaller cases that colleagues may be unable to do. And that's a way that pupil barristers like myself can gain some experience. But that isn't available to us anymore. So the future does look quite bleak at the moment. If I look forward in in my diary, rather than seeing what I might have seen a year ago, which would be a number of Crown Court trials, instead, there's nothing in there, or at least nothing that I'm able to act on. And Emma, for a lot of people listening, 
a lot of the figures that you've you've outlined are quite stark and they are surprising. But a lot of people will sort of think barristers probably aren't the first people you'd imagine would need to go on strike. Why does it feel important enough to go on strike and to stop court cases being heard? If we don't take this action now, then there won't be anyone left at the criminal bar to represent defendants at all. The amount of criminal barristers and, in fact, criminal solicitors has been steadily reducing. In, in their first you know, one to three years of practice, you find that 40% of criminal barristers recently have left the criminal bar. Before the strike action, you would have serious trials, for example, serious rape trials, where there would be no one to prosecute, no one to defend those cases. So they would have to be put off. So this is absolute desperation on the part of criminal barristers who do not enjoy taking this action and seeing a massive cut in their pay and in seeing their clients suffer as a result of that. But we feel that if we don't take this action, then there won't be a criminal bar left in a year's time. Emma, you said that 40% of barristers have recently left the bar because the fees are so low and because it's so difficult to get by. What do you think about doing that? I mean, I'm only at the very, very start of my bar career. And if if the strike action doesn't result in the increases in fees that we're looking for, then I fear that I too may become another person that has to leave the criminal bar. Like everyone, I have I have a mortgage, I have bills to pay, and I will not be able to survive if the pay is not increased. It does take a toll on you and on your well-being and your mental health as well as financially. And I think what we're looking for as well is just a recognition that we are valued as a profession. And Emma, for you personally, how long can you afford to carry on with this strike before you have to start thinking about possibly changing your career or changing what you do if the government doesn't relent? Well, while I'm in the pupillage stage, I have some support from Chambers, financially speaking. However, if I become a tenant at the end of September, that support will go and I will be essentially without that safety net. So when that happens, if there's not an increase in in fees, then I would say, you know, within six months to a year, I could potentially be in some serious difficulties. And, you know, it it really breaks my heart because I've worked really hard to get to this point. I did the law conversion degree. I did the bar course. I've sacrificed a number of things to, to, to be here because I want to represent defendants and I want to be at the criminal bar. And it, it really breaks my heart that potentially I may not be able to, to have that career. But at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to lose my house and my my livelihood for this criminal justice system if I'm not going to be properly paid for it. So what happens if the government doesn't relent? What happens if more and more barristers leave the criminal justice system? The Times legal editor, Jonathan Ames, thinks these strikes could trigger some profound changes. The issue here as well is around the structure of criminal defence work, referring, you know, using the the Rumpole analogy again. You know, when he was practising, the structure of criminal defence was very strictly set. Solicitors instructed barristers, barristers appeared in the Crown Court. 
Since 1990, one of the Thatcher government revolutions was to overhaul the the professions and not least the legal profession. And with the legal profession, Margaret Thatcher's Lord Chancellor, Lord Mackay, brought forward very radical legislation in 1990 that swept away the bar's uh, monopoly on Crown Court advocacy and allowed for the creation of solicitor advocates in the Crown Courts. So there is a feeling that the current Conservative government might be inclined to liberalising even further or creating a different structure in the Crown Courts that, that allows more solicitors to be advocates and therefore the position of these few barristers, when I say few, there's probably about two and a half thousand in England and Wales who regularly appear in the Crown Courts, their role in the courts will be potentially rapidly changing if ministers think the very structure of criminal defence should change. And Jonathan, just how bad could this get? This could get very bad for the Crown Courts. Pretty much all Crown Court trials will stop. The judges, I think, will refuse to conduct trials without defence counsel. It wouldn't be seen to be fair. It would, it would just be a, an open door to miscarriages of justice, potentially. So the government is going to be up against it a bit come 5th September. And the new prime minister, certainly, while well, he or she will have plenty of other issues staring the government in the face, a complete closing down of the Crown Courts is going to be a significant problem for them. We asked the Ministry of Justice for a response, and in a statement, the Justice Minister, Sarah Dines, told us that the strike was an irresponsible decision that will see more victims face further delays and distress. The escalation of strike action is wholly unjustified, considering we are increasing criminal barristers' fees by 15%, which will see the typical barrister earn around £7,000 more a year. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, legal editor at The Times, Jonathan Ames, and Emma Fielding, a pupil barrister with Foundry Chambers. You can find all of Jonathan's articles about the barrister's strike at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was Olivia Case. The executive producer is Kate Ford and sound design was by David Crackles. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find it. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.